Hello and welcome to this Wilder Wellness Podcast. My name is Laura and I'm really excited to be recording this today as it is a topic that I am especially passionate about. Stress is the new smoking is the title of this podcast and I suppose why I've brought that into, well, why I've compared it to smoking is because we all know how bad smoking is for us. We can look at population level data and we know that smoking increases our risk of pretty much all sort of chronic diseases. Thinking of cardiovascular disease, cancers, diabetes, metabolic disease. Thinking about stress in that way might help you understand how incredibly important it is. One of the other reasons I wanted to speak about this topic is that it is the the issue that I often spend a lot of time dealing with with my clients. So I'm a nutritionist. I deal in nutrition and improving somebody's diet, but if they're eating a healthy, colorful, whole food diet and they're still dealing with crazy amounts of stress day to day, then no matter how much good food that they're eating, they possibly still won't feel as good as they could feel if they got on top of the stress. We as humans evolved over millions of years to become the people we are today, to have the physiology that we have today. For most of that time, we were out in the wild, hunter-gatherers, living in tribes. So our nervous system and our stress response evolved to keep us alive. And we've survived. We're an incredibly successful species. We've got humans over the entire globe now. So from a sort of physiological or evolutionary perspective, humans are quite successful. But the types of stresses that we deal with in the modern day do not put our life in danger, but our nervous system does not understand that. So back in the savannah, thinking of the African plains, we were confronted with types of stresses that would actually possibly be a threat to our life. Think of things like an invading tribe coming to, you know, take over our territory or, you know, some sort of war between two tribes or within the tribe even. Think about a famine where there's not enough food, a drought, not enough water, floods, too much water. Things that we've kind of experienced recently, funny enough. But these stresses and, and, you know, not enough food being a big stressor that was a result of a, of a drought or a famine meant that the stress response was designed to maintain our short-term survival. So the survival of that specific being individual, not necessarily the long-term survival. And that'll be important in a second when I go through why that's important. So our species evolved to to survive. (laughs) And now the stresses that we experience aren't dangers to our lives. They are things like sitting in traffic for a couple of hours each day, you know, family members, in-laws, financial stresses, stresses at work, exercise stresses, high-intensity exercise stressor. And so all these things add on to our physiological stresses, which I'll also go into, to put this really massive load of stress on our body that our body thinks literally means there is some sort of danger that we may not survive this period of stress. And so our body is designed to tolerate stress, but for short periods, for six months, 
for maximum a year. But the types of stresses that I'm seeing in my clients last for years and years and years and years and years. They've had 20 years of maybe physiological stress. They've had 20 years of a very busy demanding. They've had three or four years of this and then three or four years of that. It may not be the same stressor over that period of time, but there's always something there. And so, yeah, we, we get these different types of stresses that our nervous system literally perceives to be danger to our life. And so what our nervous system is perceiving is something, is all these cues from the environment. Our hypothalamus, our pituitary are constantly looking to see, is the environment safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? And that's that each time it asks that question, it's a yes or no, it's a yes or no, it's a yes or no. And so if you're living in a hectic, you know, a hectic world, which all of us are, but we're, you know, not giving our body the nourishment and the, and the sort of love, you know, for want of a better word, that it needs to tolerate those stresses, then the body is going to be constantly trying to make up and catch up. So the other types of stresses, I've kind of talked about the emotional stresses. Think of financial stress, stress at work, emotional stresses. Those are kind of to do with our mind and to do with our thoughts. We can also think of physiological stresses. So think of something like an injury or, you know, like a sore knee or aches and pains. Think of things like really high and low levels of sugar in the blood. Unstable blood sugars are quite a strong physiological stress. So that's something I deal with a lot of my clients because it is a really food-orientated thing. Other physiological stresses can be things like nutrient deficiencies and liver loaders and toxin exposure from our environment. We can get electric sort of stresses. We can get chemical stresses. There's all sorts of things that our body is dealing with. And so I suppose what I want to bring to your attention today is how can we really think about those stresses, all the different types of stresses that our body is dealing with? Can we remove any of them? Can we modulate how the body perceives them? And, you know, so, yeah, those ones that we can remove or control, what are those and what are we going to do about them? And so the other thing I want to mention is that stress isn't conscious. I'd sort of mentioned these emotional stresses and sometimes quite often people don't even understand that they're stressed until I might point out, oh, but you're dealing with this and this and this and this. You've got a lot on your plate right now. That means your body is possibly perceiving there to be a lot of stress. It's not a conscious thought, I'm highly stressed, necessarily running around. It's very subconscious. And when I talk about the nervous system, I'm talking about this nervous system that is controlled completely unconsciously. The body is just taking messages from our pituitary and sending it out to the body. So, yeah, that's something to think about. It's not necessarily a conscious stress. It's very unconscious. And so what that means is potentially we need to talk to the body in an unconscious way. Sometimes it feels nonsensical in a way, but that's a really important thing to think about is talking to the nervous system in a way that, in a language that I understand. Anybody who's been to my yin yoga class will know that I hit this home really hard in yin yoga because it's a really dedicated, perfect space to come in and allow the nervous system, allow the body to really deeply relax. Sometimes even when we're sitting and we're relaxing, you know, we're quite often on our phone. That's not actually a really deep relaxation at a nervous system level. All right, let's talk about the different types of stress and how to address them. So I'm going to start with the physiological stress. So the physiological stress that I've already mentioned is un, 
you know, are, sorry, there's multiple of them, are unstable blood sugars being one of the really, really important ones for uh, our health, really. I see there's so many different types of health issues and outcomes that are a result of not being able to stabilize blood sugar as well. Being overweight, being one of the key ones, that is definitely a sign that there has been a decent period of your life where you've been unable to stabilize the blood sugar as well. So let's talk about unstable blood sugars. What happens when we eat a meal is our body, when we're talking specifically about the sugar, we won't worry about the fat and the protein too much right now, but physiologically when we start to chew and digest our food, our body will take that sugar, those carbohydrates that are in our food, and break them down as quickly as they can and release them into the bloodstream. So if those are highly refined or processed carbohydrates, so thinking like things like things typically things that we think of as sugar like lollies and chocolate and sweets and then things like bread it's a refined carbohydrate it's made from flour which is a carbohydrate pizza chips i mean crackers all of the you know burger buns those sorts of things you know, obviously cakes and and biscuits and things fit into that category as well all quite refined processed carbohydrates and the body is able to access those sugars really easy there's not much work it needs to do in order to take the sugar out of the food and put it into the bloodstream so when the body receives these foods that are easier to access, it goes, oh, goody. I mean, obviously our body loves sugar and goes, great, sugar in the blood. That's a good thing. That means there's enough of food, enough food around. So the sugar in the blood goes high. As a result of that high blood sugar, we get the release of insulin. So insulin is a hormone that stimulates to put those sugar into muscles and into fat and into any other storage tissues in the liver. So insulin is a storage molecule. It goes, we don't need these sugars in the blood right now. Let's take them and store them for another day. So your body will store them in the muscles in order to use them for movement and exercise. And your body will store them in fat in order to save them for a rainy day. So that insulin is very inflammatory. And so anything that's inflammatory is a, is a stress on the system. So that insulin that's released, that hormone, provides a little heat in the fire of inflammation that's in the body that's always coming up and down and it's the immune system's role to control the inflammation just a side note we won't be talking about immune system too much today but yeah and then when there's a lot of sugar in the blood the body goes oh we need a shitload of insulin in there to clear that large amount of glucose out so the glucose and the sugar gets cleared out really quickly and we get a drop and actually at the drop, we actually release stress hormone called cortisol. So cortisol gets released as a result of those very low blood sugars. So then if we do that six times in a day, you know, we're eating refined carbohydrates in every meal with no other good things to, to slow those absor that absorption down, then we're going to get a lot of insulin released over the day, a lot of inflammation, and a lot of cortisol released over the day. So the thing to really blunt that absorption of sugar into the blood and therefore blunt insulin, therefore blunt and stabilize the inflammation as a result of that, is to have a very good source of protein and fat with every meal and every snack. I want you to, from now on to forever, include a good quality source of protein at every single meal, every single snack. So that might just look like when you're snacking, it might look like still, you know, still have the biscuit or the cake or the scone, but have a handful of nuts 
or have a piece, good piece of, you know, healthy, chunky amount of avocado and hummus or some olive oil or some really good butter on your toast or in your scone. Protein, obviously, in the form of meat, really beneficial for stabilizing blood sugars. It's, you know, well-tolerated, good protein. I'm very pro-meat consumption for multiple reasons that I won't go into today, but that's a great way to stabilize blood, that immune system. Sorry, that inflammation and that insulin release. And then things like cheese are going to be great, tofu, good protein, halloumi. We've got eggs. Ah, can't believe I haven't mentioned eggs until now. Great protein. So have a look at your meal, have a look at your snack and go, is this just purely carbohydrates? And rethink the snack, first of all. Maybe you don't actually need that many carbohydrates. Or think about adding in some protein to it. So lunches, you might make sure that you've got your sandwich, but make sure you've got a good layer of chicken, avocado, some good butter, some mayonnaise in there to stabilize the blood sugars. That's my first big takeaway for you in terms of reducing physiological stress is to really make sure that you're stabilizing blood sugars. As a result of stabilizing your blood sugars, you will notice that you have a much stable energy. And that's going to flow on to have a much, much, much better, especially for the woman out there, stable effect on your sex hormones as well, your estrogen, your progesterone, and your testosterone. Cool. Number one, stabilize blood sugars. Number two, let's think about getting enough nutrients in. So lack of nutrient or nutrient deficiency is another big physiological stress that I see. So maybe it's vitamin D or not enough magnesium, not enough zinc, not enough, what are the other big deficiencies? Selenium, not enough iodine, not enough iron. These are all nutrients that we get in our food. We will get good amounts if we're eating a really colorful whole food diet, you know, with plenty of greens, plenty of almonds, plenty of good quality meats and proteins and salmons. But if we're not, we're possibly going to be deficient. I highly recommend supplementing. I actually recommend supplementing on top of a really good diet, but that's a topic for another day. But are you getting enough nutrients and how many different colors have you got in your breakfast? How many different colors have you got in your lunch? How many different colors have you got in your dinner? And I talk about colors mostly because colors can be really strongly associated with lots of different antioxidants and nutrients to help reduce the stress, reduce the inflammation in the body. So really ensuring you've got a nutrient-dense diet and you're dealing with any nutrient deficiencies can be a great way to reduce the stress in the body. Now, there are some specific things that we would look at that would tell us exactly what nutrients you're deficient in. For example, if you are craving sugar massively, we would look at potentially adding in some extra high-dose magnesium in as that, that can be related there. If there are any issues with skin or digestion, we'd be looking at vitamin D and zinc. If you've got issues with thyroid or with your metabolism, we would be looking at iodine and selenium, etc., etc. There are many different ways and many different deficiencies and many different ways that they can manifest. Cool. So moving on from, well, actually, no, before we move on from physiological stress, my last physiological stressor would be looking at those liver loaders. So really taking a look at, I mean, the big one being alcohol. Alcohol is a massive stressor and it actually perpetuates the stress cycle because it reduces the quality of sleep. It impacts massively on our gut health. And, you know, as I mentioned, it's just that sort of load on that liver, that extra molecule that our liver has to deal with on top of all the other things it has to deal with that our body produces so Cortisol being one of them, hormones being another. So yeah, and then caffeine would be a big one as well. I mean, I'm 
you know, there's no reason to cut it out completely, but there's definitely a certain amount of caffeine that you don't want to have too much more than. I wouldn't be recommending more than, definitely not more than two coffees a day, ideally just one coffee a day. And if anybody has really severe adrenal fatigue, then a period of time without coffee completely might be really beneficial. So coffee stimulates the release of cortisol, a stress hormone, as well as doing a whole lot of other bunch of things as well, impacting the gut health. So there are little beautiful molecules that we can find in our food and we can get them in high concentrations in supplements that can support and regulate the liver. So sulforaphane, which is found in cruciferous vegetables. So cruciferous vegetables are just a category of vegetable. It's our cabbage, our cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, broccoli, that, and so all these cruciferous vegetables contain sulforaphane. I use a supplement version because it takes, it takes the, the stress out of getting cruciferous vegetables in, but also gives you the amount that you'd have to, you'd have to have like buckets and buckets of broccoli sprout to get, broccoli to get the amounts of sulforaphane that you can get into a supplement. But yeah, still including cruciferous vegetables is a great idea to reduce and manage the stress that the liver is having to deal with. So the next stressor I want to chat about, I suppose, does fit under the category of emotional stress. And this is sort of really, in a a nutshell, doing too much. Saying yes to too many things. Trying to be the person who can do everything. And I actually have been a little little mantra, mantra in my head with a couple of my clients recently And something that I'm actually really thinking and contemplating about myself is you actually can't do it all. It is impossible to do everything that we want and could do. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. But there will be times where you are choosing to focus on your health, which may or may not mean that you lose out on a bit of social time or you lose out on some work you have to say no to work and all the prioritize your health or you have to say yes to the family and no to your health you know you can't say yes to everything otherwise you're kind of doing a little bit of a half-assed on across a whole lot of things but anyway what i'm saying is it's a hard task but maybe getting better at saying no actually my weekend is full and i don't have time to fit in another social engagement or another work thing next week and just being clear you know I'm full. I I can't I can't I can't help you with that or I can't do that with you. So I really invite you to practice saying no and actually just getting really curious and aware and conscientious about your own energy and what you have the space for. That's a hard one, completely outside of the nutrition realm, of course, but naturally it becomes a part of of my coaching and and what I how, how I work with clients. So yeah, practice your no. Say say no when it feels right to prioritize something else. Yeah. The last one here for a stressor is actually exercise. And so exercise is inherently stressful. And actually, that's why it's good for us. (laughs) So I'm not saying take out exercise, take out stress completely. Although actually, to be honest, there are some people who that might be beneficial for for just a short time. But just thinking about how your exercise is affecting you. For women, you know, in particular, really high intensity exercise is possibly just not a good idea at certain times of the month and not a good idea full stop sometimes. 
I mean, I, you know, going into a little bit of my personal story, I, I did, you know, when I was younger, I did used to do a lot of pretty high intensity exercise, intensity as in short bursts of high intensity, and then also endurance exercise. I did a lot of running and I now go and do something like what I used to do and I can just feel that it just doesn't nourish my body like a like a more sort of yoga class does or like a walk or like going surfing my my exercise is very sort of orientated around finding fun and getting outside so that's what I really find nourishing and that doesn't mean you can't work out in a gym that's not what I'm saying but just really having a look at your exercise whether it is too much intensity for you do you exercise and then feel tired afterwards do you exercise and then you know and then you feel like you take even like two or three days to recover that's a sign that you are pushing the body too hard there may be a time and a place when you are able to exercise like that again but for whatever reason right now with the other stresses that you were dealing with that's too much for you so yeah looking at exercise bringing in a yin yoga instead of a high intensity session just once a week maybe just stopping one out i am as i already mentioned i am the big 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 proponent of yin yoga like it's it's beneficial for the body lots of people do actually need that physical stretching and release and it's so incredible for the mind and the nervous system as well so i really think that if you have time and space to schedule a yin yoga in whether you're doing it online you know, the one thing about yin is because the poses are held, it's quite chilled. It's a little harder to do at home. Sometimes you do need that studio and that teacher that's telling you what to do and that dedicated space and time. So any Raglan people, let me know if you're interested in trying yin. I've got a class in Raglan and there's some great classes in Hamilton if you're a Hamilton person. Or outside of that, of course, plenty of yin yoga around the place. So just look at your lo- local studio or have a chat to your to somebody local. But yeah, to summarize, team, we are bombarded. Our bodies, our minds, our nervous system are bombarded with messages, these stressful messages that our body is perceiving to mean that we are literally in danger. You know, our life is in danger. Our survival is in danger. And so we get high levels of stress hormones released as a result of that. And our body, you know, and that, that perpetuates the whole thing. Those stress hormones have their own inflammatory sort of flow on effects but what I'm sort of saying is we need to really assess this bombardment and specifically assessing the bombardment that we are in control of we're in control of the food that we're eating we're in control of the exercise that we're doing and to a degree we're in control of the thoughts that we think so really having a look and thinking about some of those things I've mentioned around stabilizing blood sugars supporting the liver getting enough nutrients into the body saying no and the last one was around reducing the exercise intensity if it's required. And I suppose a caveat to that, keep moving, move the body, keep exercising. I'm definitely not saying stop exercising, but just walk instead of sprint. You guys know what I mean. I won't explain that anymore. But anyway, wow, thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you got something out of this conversation. Please give me a follow on Instagram if you aren't already with me there. My handle is at Wilder, W-I-L-D-R, underscore wellness. And I'd love to hear what you thought about this, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast. Send me a message and tell me what you think and share with a loved one who may or may not be outwardly stressed, but may benefit from this conversation. So thanks again, guys, and I'll talk to you very soon.